Well, the same thing can happen in our brain as we go down a path toward pleasure, it can create a pathway, literally a biological neural pathway, just like you would have a pathway in the woods. You can have a pathway literally in the hardwiring your brain that takes you to pleasure. And the result is that your body gets habituated to go down that path faster and faster and faster. But then like any addiction, eventually uh, the high wears off. And so you need now to have more frequency and more intensity. The same is true of drugs. The same is true of alcohol. All right. Welcome to the Real Marriage Podcast. All right, best friend. Let's just be honest. Let's get real. How are you feeling today? I'm a little tired. That's all? I'm super tired. <laughs> we just got back from a trip. I was up till midnight all week, had a hard counseling session. Uh, you just taught women's this morning. Yeah. You still got five kids. There's a lot going on. So, um, so here's what we want to tell you guys. You get what you pay for. These episodes are free, <laughs> lower your expectations. We're going to do the best we can, but I'll just be honest. Every once in a while in marriage, there are people that you love and things you want to do, and you're just trying to get the life energy and focus to do it. So why don't you start our time, honey, by praying for us, praying for them. Maybe those who are tuning in are going to feel like we are like Dragon. So what you're saying is it's a real marriage podcast? It's a real, 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 <laughs> really real marriage podcast. Yeah. So maybe pray for our energy, pray for theirs. Yeah. Maybe they're feeling a bit of what we are, and maybe by God's grace, we can be of some help. Yes. Dear Lord, please just give us insight into these questions that people are struggling with and trying to work through and seek wisdom. Lord, I just pray that we would be discerning to the answers and that we would hear from your Holy Spirit so that we can actually be helpful um, to the people that ask the questions and people that are also having similar struggles. Give us empathy and wisdom from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this uh, season of episodes is going to be some questions that you all sent in to hello at realfaith.com. And if you got a question, go ahead and send it in. And so, baby, you can pick the first one. Where do you want to start? Well, this one says, I have been dating my boyfriend for three years, much of it long distance. He has been very honest with me about pornography addiction in his past years before meeting me and an occasional battle ever since. I know this is true for just about every man as his girlfriend and hopefully someday wife. It is right for me is it right for me to ask him questions about it and be his accountability? It's not an easy discussion to have, of course. I have asked him if he is willing for me to check in with him once in a while about it, and he has agreed. If we are on the right track, what is your advice on how to bring it up? How often, how to handle it without feeling extremely hurt or devastated with the discussion? You want to start there? You picked that one as the first yeah. one? I yep. just told you it was a rough day. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, the treadmill's running. and Just jump right on. Okay. So this is a question that pretty much everybody has and struggles with. Mm -hmm. And you and I are a bit older. Pornography's been around forever. Mm -hmm. But with new technology, it makes the battle a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was thinking about it. You know, when we were kids, somebody would need to find a camera with film, take a photo, chop a tree down, 
create paper, put the photo onto the paper, put the paper into a magazine, ship the magazine to a store. Then you had to leave your house, go to the store. You had to show your driver's license. You had to then pull out the money and buy the magazine, hoping that the person behind the counter didn't know you and the other people in the store didn't see you and then sneak it home and find a way to hide it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you kind of had to work for it today. You've got to put in more effort not to see it than you used to have to put in to see it. It's sadly true. It's constant. And even if you're not looking for things, there are things that just sadly, tragically Mm -hmm. show up. And so this is really kind of the battle of, of the present and the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what I would say is if they've been dating for three years and he's been o- honest and overt, that's actually a really good sign. Mm-hmm. When you come into marriage, we've all got our baggage and carry-ons. Yeah. There's all, you know, some of us have been sexually abused. Some of us have been sexually active. Some of us have looked at pornography. I mean, we've all got our issues. Maybe some of us come from a broken home and we really mm-hmm. have distrust or mistrust. Yeah. We all come in. If somebody's honest and overt, that is actually a really good, healthy sign. Somebody who's covert has a problem, but you don't know. And so you can't help them. And it's going to become a bigger problem. Somebody who's overt, they just sort of put it on the table, cards down, face up. And at least you know what you're dealing with. Um, The long distance thing, dating long distance can pose an issue. Because even if they're being honest and you've been together three years, I don't know how old you are. Um, if you're high school or whatever, but yeah, if you're 14, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that can pose a problem for that issue specifically, because if you've already been together three years and you're long distance, it's, there needs to be an end goal here. So my question would be, what are his future intentions? You're saying you are hopefully someday going to be his wife. But if you don't know that yet after three years, my question would be, are you having that discussion? And if you are, then you have every right to address this issue together. If that isn't his intention, you need to know that now because you're three years in. Yeah. And so our view is, and Pastor Jimmy Evans would be similar, that is uh, friendship and then intentional dating, then engagement, then marriage. And it seems like you guys have done plenty of intentional dating after three years. It's probably at that point of, are we going to get engaged and get Mm -hmm. married? And if so, what you're talking about is accountability, Mm -hmm. privacy issues, personal struggles, Those are very, very healthy to have in the engagement phase. But if you're not going to get engaged and married, you don't want to get into these conversations. If you're not going to be married, you just, you don't need to get into this. You need to just move on with your life. So I think Grace is right. The bigger question is, what season are you in and going into? And maybe they're young, but, Mm -hmm. and it may just be a timing issue. But Mm -hmm. if you're headed toward engagement, our recommendation would be try to get more time together, get to the same city. Um... Sometimes you can't work issues out unless you're literally just together a little more. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure you're actually attracted to each other, um, not just long distance, but living in the daily together. Um, because that is that is a cue that if you're apart and can get along, it's totally different to be together and getting along. Um, so it's good, like Mark said, that he is being honest honest about this issue. Um, if you are working toward marriage together and he's on the same page with that, then it's, it's okay that you're asking him these questions, but ultimately you're talking about an accountability person that needs to be another guy who's godly. That's asking the hard questions that you may not even know how to ask because he can, I'm not saying he's lying to you. I'm saying it's easier for a guy to be dishonest over many miles apart than having a guy that he's sitting down with that's godly um, 
and actually telling him the truth and being honest with a guy. It says in First John, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Accountability is really just walking in the light with yes. someone else. It's saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. First the Holy Spirit yeah. and then with someone. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be overt. I'm going to let you know. And so I would submit that uh, a guy, especially a single guy, if he's had a struggle, he does need an accountability partner. Uh, ideally, it would be his dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a dad. You know, yeah. I, got, I got sons. And if he's struggling as a you know, as a potential wife, you may be thinking, well, he needs accountability. Yeah. But if he's got a good dad or a godly dad, I mm-hmm. would say, talk to your dad, tag him in, put accountability software mm-hmm. on your devices, have your dad check in. Um, and honestly, if it's a good dad, that's what he wants to do. Dad's yeah. like, I, I love my son. I want to help. That's what a good dad wants to do. If he doesn't have a good godly dad, does he have a brother? Does he have a godly close friend? Does he have uh, a Christian mentor wise or counsel. a pastor? Wise mm-hmm. counsel. Is there somebody that he could tag in and say, I need you to check up, up on me in this, or maybe a uh, software will be accountability in addition to that. And then I would say, as long as you have an open line of communication with that person and just tell them, I don't need to know everything, mm-hmm. but if there's anything that I need to know, I need you to tell me. Yeah so that you can work on the health and the whole relationship. And then if, you, if you're engaged and married, of course you have the right to have conversations yep. and stuff, but what you need to do, and this just isn't about this issue, but about any issue, you need to have the conversation about how to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. So before you have the conversation, you gotta have the conversation about the conversation. Like, okay, how can we talk about this yeah. without feeling condemned? Yeah, because otherwise there are certain issues that are very sensitive or very personal. And if we haven't agreed on how we're gonna discuss them, they they blow up. It's like, yeah. hey, you're, you're you know, I feel like you're interrogating me. I feel like you're pushing me. I feel like you don't trust me. I feel like you're accusing me. It's like, okay, then where would we have this conversation? When would we have this conversation? How would we have this conversation? Pray about it, come to an agreement and then, and then have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what we do, we just have the conversation. Yeah. And usually then it doesn't end well, if it's going to be a very sensitive personal issue, especially something that has been a habitual sin in life. And yeah, you're like, and he may need Uh, A counselor, an addiction counselor, because there's usually an issue underneath the porn addiction Mm -hmm. that he might not be getting to the root of, and that's just an outcome of the deeper issue. Um, So that's where professional help in that situation could be helpful. If he's open to doing any of, and all of these things, that's awesome. That's great. Encourage him to do that. Um, But if he's not, and he's only being honest with you, I guess I would encourage that you know, he'd be That's open a with the guy. That's a lot of expectation and pressure yeah. on what's probably a young woman. Yeah. If she's the only one that knows and she's bearing that burden without mm-hmm. some other men or a godly man yes. being involved, that's a lot. Yeah. And, um, and what I would say too is just getting married won't fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times what people think is we're really, really struggling. Once we get married, then that will solve our struggle. Actually, it doesn't. Right. Because, um, what happens there, so there's a guy if you want to do, for those of you that want to do some more kind of biological Understand work understanding mm-hmm. uh christian struthers has written a book called wired for intimacy and he's a christian i think biopsychologist and and he looks at the physiology of the body and the and the chemical makeup of the brain and basically uh, the conclusion that he comes to is that pornography affects the same part of the brain as uh, opiates and heroin. Mm-hmm. And so if you've ever seen somebody who's on heroin, they're into it. Pornography affects that same part of the brain and it hardwires and triggers in uh, a neural pathway 
And you think about it, the analogy is like you're walking through the woods and you end up, you know, at a waterfall or someplace great that was definitely worth the the travel and the mm-hmm. trip. A clearly delineated it's a pathway. path. Mm-hmm. The more you venture down that path, the more it just becomes second nature. This mm-hmm. is why even some people, when they drive home from work, they don't even remember the drive home. Mm-hmm. They've made the drive so many times that it, it's almost second nature. It's It's just intuitive. Well, the same thing can happen in our brain. As we go down a path toward pleasure, it can create uh, a pathway, literally a biological neural pathway. Just like you would have a pathway in the woods, you can have a pathway literally in the hardwiring of your brain that takes you to pleasure. And the result is that your body gets habituated to go down that path faster and faster and faster. But then like any addiction, eventually uh, the high wears off. And so you need now to have more frequency and more intensity. The same is true of drugs. The same is true of alcohol. Uh, the same is true of, of anything. Shopping. Yeah, anything. <laughs> and so what they've created then, if they've had an addiction, they've created literally a neural pathway in the brain. And just because you get married doesn't mean that you don't have that neural pathway. It means hopefully in healthy marriage, you're creating a new, new neural pathway. pathway toward your spouse. Yes. It's a new path. This is where... Um, you know, in Genesis, there was just Adam and Eve. And so God didn't give us a standard of beauty. He gave us a spouse. Mm -hmm. And the problem with pornography, it creates all kinds of comparison, which leads to coveting and discontentedness. Job 31.1, he says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to lust after people. What he's saying is, I'm going to control my thought life so that I only create a path toward marriage and I'm not building pathways in other directions. This is where a leader in the New Testament is to be a one woman man. Literally, Mm -hmm. the pathway is just toward the spouse. And so, you know, what I would submit is if you guys aren't sleeping together, which is right and good, um, just because you get married and you're forming a new neural pathway doesn't mean that the old one ceases to exist. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's a previous temptation, the enemy will use that. Yeah. And sometimes people, they get more sexually curious once Mm -hmm. they're married Mm -hmm. because now they're actually, you know, enjoying the benefits of marriage. And so the question too would be, do you see patterns? Is it... And do you trust him? Because marriage has to be built on trust. And even if there's one area of mistrust, you need to be able to work that through so that you can trust each other. Well, and and she asks it for men. And I think one of the great misnomers and myths is that this is just a man's issue. Mm -hmm. Shanti Feldman in some of her work says that upwards of, I think it's like 25% of women are highly visual, almost 100% of men. Part of it is just the hardwiring of how God created us, male and female. But what we're seeing is that a lot of women struggle with this as well, Mm -hmm. uh, that it becomes a, a problem. It becomes an addiction. It becomes a pathway for women as well. And so, you know, it's not just a guy's issue, it's a human issue, and it's a worship issue. Mm -hmm. And it says in Romans 1 that they worshiped and served the creator, uh, the created rather than the creator. So Mm -hmm. idolatry is what happens when we take the God who is the creator and we worship something created rather than the creator so that a good thing takes God's place. And that's what happens with sexual addiction. That's what happens with fornication outside of, before marriage, adultery within marriage, pornography, all of that. Mm -hmm. But the big idea in Romans 1 is that idolatry invariably ends up in sexual sin Mm -hmm. because it's the most um, pleasurable, enjoyable thing that God has made. But the key is to not uh, hate sex, but to see it as God sees it and to say, okay, this is for marriage. Mm -hmm. 
and it's to build my connection with my spouse if I operate according to God's design and intention, and I worship God by having um, a life that is surrendered to God, including in this particular area. But then what it can do is, if we are able to practice self-control and have a healthy marriage, now that pathway gets built between us and our spouse to the degree that you are completely into, desirous yeah. of, satisfied with, looking forward to your spouse. And the the statistics show that the longer a couple is married and faithfully married, the more they enjoy one another and the more they enjoy being intimate together because they're strengthening that bond. And that's where Paul tells the Corinthians that all other sin that we commit is outside of the body. But this is not just the conjoining of bodies. It's the connecting of souls. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for the two of you, uh, this young couple, um, and for every couple that's listening, I, it's really important to have the conversation about how to have the conversation. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people, they struggle in various ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not this struggle, maybe it's something else. But how do you have the conversation in a way that doesn't um, shame one person, mm -hmm. doesn't cause them to just sh shut down or just uh, sort of uh, white knuckle and try and bear it? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, for the for the guys, um, who if it, if it is your struggle, who is the guy or guys that you tag in yeah. uh, for accountability? And how do you open communication lines that that your wife or your fiance uh, is free to speak with them and you're free to communicate with her if there's something that needs to be known? Mm -hmm. And what would your recommendation be if it is a gal on the flip side that this is her struggle? Well, she needs to find accountability as well with another godly woman. And oftentimes it needs to be someone who has understood this that can truly empathize with it and offer helpful tools. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we can't, if you can't relate to it, it's hard to understand the person and give them helpful tools. And so I think for her, if it's a woman struggling with this pornography issue, we need to understand it's adultery of the heart if you're married. And it's it's a strong issue. And God addresses all throughout scripture, he addresses sexual immorality, sexual sins. And so, because he knows it leads to destruction when it's not done in marriage in a loving relationship. And so we need to treat it as a sin that has harsh consequences and desire to deal with it um, from its root. And so a woman needs to have another woman to talk to or a counselor. If there aren't other wise counsel, go to a Christian, a Christian counselor yeah. and talk through this and get to the root of where it started and, and determine to get over this issue. All right. If you got a question, send it into uh, hello at realfaith.com. Honey, why don't you pray for the couples that are listening and we'll see them in the next episode. Dear Lord, I just, I pray for the ability to honor God with their bodies, um, in their eyes and in their sexuality. Lord, I pray that you would, um, keep the enemy out of these marriages and the division that the enemy causes through sexual sin. I pray that they would have a conviction from the Holy Spirit to stop this sin, um, and to see it for what it is. Lord, I thank you for the honesty in some of these men and women and that their struggle is very real. I pray that it wouldn't get normalized just because it's normalized in culture, um, but that they would treat it as something that you see as a sin that will destroy marriages and relationships. So Lord, thank you for this opportunity of your Holy Spirit to work conviction in the people that are listening. And I pray for good godly counsel around them and willingness to learn and grow in this area in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs>